0: Let us pray. Holy life-giving God, breathe your spirit with our spirit. Open us to your word spoken and sung. Surprise us, disturb us, console and reassure us. Though we are scattered, we trust that you are with us, whether we are alone or with others. Gather us across blocks and miles. Welcome us to your table wherever we are seated now. We pray in the name of Jesus, who keeps on teaching us after we have closed the book. Amen. The New Testament reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church and if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything— It will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For when two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of the Lord. Well, you can tell I'm not in church. (laughs) I'm in Maine, and uh, this was the closest I could get to a liturgical background. You see, there are some candles there. Um, I'm very honored to be preaching today at Idlewild, uh, a time that we're taking this month to remember my dear friend and your pastor, your beloved pastor, Steve Montgomery. Even though I was younger, um, we were classmates at Yale Divinity School some 40 years ago now, and we called him Monty then, and we still call him Monty now. Um, His tragic death shook this whole city. I mean, I've seen many of the newspaper clippings, and it shook places far beyond Memphis, but it didn't shake any place quite so profoundly as the people and the place of Idlewild Church. Steve loved you, and you loved him. You loved him as a preacher and a pastor. He was a wonderful, wonderful preacher. And he never preached just off the top of his head, he seldom preached without a biblical text and on Sundays that text usually came from the lectionary. He didn't choose the text, the text chose him. And then he brought his own life and your lives and the hurts and concerns of the wider community into conversation with that text. So Steve, I'm following your lead today, and I'm preaching on a text that was given to me, a text from the Gospel of Matthew. This passage is often called the rule of discipline, but it seems more accurate to call it the rule for reconciliation, because everything Jesus says here is about getting people back into community. If someone sins against you, go to that person alone and talk to them. Don't talk behind their back they don't listen to you, then take one or two people with you so that there can be two or three witnesses. And if that doesn't work, tell the whole matter to the church. And if the offender still doesn't listen, doesn't listen even to the church, then let them be to you as a tax collector and a Gentile. That sounds like punishment, a banishment until we remember that Jesus was almost always hanging out with Gentiles and tax collectors. But what about those strange words, binding and loosing? Truly I tell you said Jesus, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said these exact words back in chapter 16. That time he was talking to Peter alone. And he said this, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now you may know that Roman Catholics see this passage as Jesus giving Peter the authority to be head of the church. The first pope. Peter would do the binding and the loosing. But today in this chapter, in chapter 18, the the authority to bind and to loose is given to the church. That word in Greek is ekklesia, to the church. Matthew is the only gospel writer who uses that word. Now perhaps Matthew 16 is for Catholics And Matthew 18 is for Protestants. Well, that's not really true because there weren't any Catholics or Protestants at the time of Jesus. There weren't even any Presbyterians. Binding and loosing are rabbinic terms. To decide what is forbidden forbidden, and what is allowed. One New Testament scholar puts it this way. Binding and loosing mean interpreting former expressions of God's will to show what is fitting for now in a specific situation. Jesus gives this authority to the church, including this church, Idlewild Church. Steve Montgomery helped you do this, didn't he? He didn't want to lay down an edict. He didn't tell you what the truth was. He wanted to talk about it with you. He wanted you to come along. He wanted it to be a conversation rather than a monologue. Steve wanted, he wanted things to change, but he didn't want them to change by himself. He knew he wasn't Peter or Jesus. Now, over the centuries, Jesus' followers have had to deal with questions the Bible never asked. And they had to deal with answers that no longer fit the realities of the present time. Let's just go back in time to something that's no longer so threatening. Consider the debate in the middle of the 1800s after anesthesia was invented. The question was this. Should anesthesia be given to a woman whose labor pains were so intense that it threatened her life and the life of the child. The issue was because of Genesis three sixteen, To the woman God said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. The debate was waged mainly with Christian medical doctors. They studied Hebrew, and they were sure that the text said, no anesthesia. But there were people on the other side who said, I mean, half-jokingly, God was the first anesthesiology because he put Adam to sleep in order to create Eve. They debated and debated, and they really struggled with this. And finally, you know, they I think it was something like this text from Romans that really came to be the most important all the commandments are summed up in this love your neighbor as yourself if doctors loved their neighbors including women surely they wouldn't want to increase their pain in childbearing over time anesthesia was approved to ease debilitating labor pains they loosed the authority of Genesis 3.16 in order to be faithful to a larger commandment. You could probably think of many things when this has been true. Many issues in your own life and in the life of this church. Since the time of Jesus, the church has had to prayerfully discern what to bind and what to loose. In another Romans passage... Paul writes these words, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from God. Really? When Nelson Mandela opposed apartheid in South Africa, supported by the South African government, he had to oppose the government and he had to loose that verse from Romans about authority coming from God, because he heard from God a clear call for justice. Or what about first Timothy chapter two? I permit no woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Really? Well, there go your pastors and probably most of your Sunday school teachers. And this preacher will have to be quiet. Okay, (laughs) let's get closer to recent, recent times at Idlewild Church and something that I think was a long process for you. I've seen that picture of Pastor Steve. He's smiling from ear to ear, and he's presiding at a wedding for two women. He was so happy. But no doubt that wedding followed months of discernment. Together, you had to prayerfully discern to set aside the prohibition against gay marriage, even though the Bible doesn't talk about such a thing, but you had to set aside what it seemed that the Bible was saying about same-gender relationships in order to affirm the loving relationship that was being blessed in that wedding. That decision wasn't made by one person, it wasn't made just by the pastor, but by Ecclesia, the church. There were probably some people who argued that if, if, you'd have, if you affirmed gay marriage, you were abandoning the Bible. But here's the thing. If we trust what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 18, we believe that he is giving this work to the church, including this church. Jesus knew that questions would arise in every generation that the Bible doesn't address, whether about anesthesia or apartheid or women's ordination or gay marriage. So I received a little help from my computer screen when I was working on this. I typed in the words binding and loosing, And one of those squiggly lines appeared under loosing and meant that it was misspelled. So I took out one of the O's and it made it losing. And the squiggly line went away. But loosing is not the same as losing. It is possible to loose an oppressive or dangerous text without losing the word of God. Sometimes loosing is the most faithful thing to do. This is your calling as a community of theologians. That's who you are. To struggle with biblical texts and figure out what does this mean for our own time? What is binding and what needs to be loosed. Steve believed this so passionately. He believed in this work. He trusted God so deeply that he believed that God could take all of our questions and even our debates. And there's one more thing. We never do this alone. Steve knew that too. Binding and loosing can only be done in the presence of the one who called him as a pastor, the one who called you to be the church. Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Even now, Jesus in the midst of us, scattered on our computer screens, Jesus assuring us that loosing is not losing. Thanks be to God.